Welcome to the Tucson History Podcast from 1030 The Voice. I'm Greg Garinger, your host. And coming up next, IBM, what might have been. Also joining us on the Tucson History Podcast, Hank Amos from Tucson Realty, fourth generation Tucsonan, the family business established 104 years ago. Needless to say, his knowledge of the business climate in this city is immense. Hank, you were deep in the real estate trade in the mid-80s in Tucson, and we were on a lot of top five lists at that time, weren't we? Top five best city to live in in, uh, the United States, top five best tech city, top five best city to do business. Top five fastest growing city. We were like in all the top five lists, and Tucson was doing very, very well. We were competing with a lot of cities like Austin, and we had a lot of companies moving here. And we had a couple that wanted to move here, like Motorola and Intel. And things were going pretty well until a certain election in 1987 when everything changed. It's first important to remember that we were very pro-business, pro-growth community. And Tucson was just really doing well at growing. It was really the jewel of the Southwest. But with the change in the election, it changed the direction because this Board of Supervisors and the City Council really became no-growth focused and not in my backyard and didn't want to see any more desert bladed. And so that changed the direction, and the town became an anti-growth, anti-business community. You know, Tom Bolchi was a professor at the University of Arizona, not a businessman. So these companies that were wanting to relocate here saw that and realized the difficulty of doing business in Tucson, and they looked elsewhere. So in your opinion, it really was that 1987 election where everything went off the rails for Tucson. Exactly. I th- I don't think we've really recovered since then. And it just really sunk Tucson. It really did. And we still feel the repercussions of those political decisions and what happened in RTC at that time, even today. I think if you look at the fact that if you had IBM here, that other division of IBM here, Intel here, Motorola here, that synergy would have attracted other companies to relocate here. You know, Tucson housing prices would have definitely been much higher. And the prosperity of our community which much would be much better. And our roads, our infrastructure would be much better because our tax base or our tax revenue that we would have gotten would have been a lot higher too as well. So everything would have been better had we not made that political move back in the 80s. I think we would have recovered from RTC, but that no growth, that anti-business mentality really handicapped us. If you're a Tucsonan who wants to see the growth of the business climate in Tucson and employment opportunities really open up, do you think there's any hope that we can right the ship and change what has been going wrong for 33 years? We would have to have a massive overhaul on the city council and the board of supervisors where we became really pro-business and pro-growth. And unfortunately, the makeup of the board of supervisors and the city council isn't geared that way. So I really don't see that big change happening that we need to have happen. 
you just got to have a change in political leadership, and it's not there. Thank you, Hank Amos, for making a little time for us today. We do appreciate it. You betcha. Thank you for having me. And that's going to wrap up the Tucson History Podcast. It's a production of 1030 The Voice and Bustos Media. I'm Greg Garinger, your host. Thanks for listening. In the fall of 1977, Tucson, like the rest of the U.S., was in the midst of the disco craze. Months after its release, Star Wars was still packing movie theaters. Happy Days and spinoff Laverne and Shirley were the top TV shows. In their final year in the whack, the Cats started off the season one and four. And in America and throughout the world, companies were changing as computer technology continued to advance at a breakneck pace. One major shift, no longer would there be a need to store millions of paper documents. The switch to digital storage was underway, and IBM was at the forefront. Today, IBM innovations continue to make office work more productive and more pleasant. Innovations like electronic filing. On October 12, 1977, IBM announced its decision to build a massive facility at Rita Road and I-10. Its primary purpose? The design and manufacturing of magnetic tape devices. What are the components of the system that form the basis for that technology? It's the hardware, of course. The tapes, the disk drives, the processing unit, and the terminal. In time, IBM's newest printer, the 3800, would be handled by the new facility as well. In January 1978, Tucson Mayor Lou Murphy, Governor Wesley Bolin, IBM Brass, city and county officials, school board members, representatives from Davis-Monthan, U of A faculty, officials from Hughes Aircraft and Gates Learjet, tribal leaders, and directors of Mexican-American and African-American groups gathered for a celebratory dinner at Westward Look Resort. Mayor Murphy would say, Tucson welcomes IBM with open arms. It's a clean, non-polluting industry that will create job opportunities and do it without sacrificing that lifestyle aesthetic that brought most of us to the desert in the first place. The groundbreaking happened on March 21st, 1978. Here's an excerpt from the January-February 1979 issue of IBM Employee Magazine, Think. Out among the Palo Verde, Mesquite, and Prickly Pears, 11 miles southeast of Tucson, where Rita Road connects with Interstate Highway 10, the steel superstructures of the General Products Division's new complex are rising, bright as whitewashed adobe in the Arizona sun. When completed in 1979 and 1980, the initial 10 buildings will give the division 1,325,000 square feet of new lab and plant space. Before this year is out, one GPD development lab, two manufacturing buildings, and a utility plant will be ready for occupancy. Meanwhile, nearly half of the estimated 3,000 people who will be working in Tucson by the end of 1979 are already going about business as usual in six temporary buildings near the Tucson International Airport and a downtown office building. Tucson had everything IBM was looking for. Good weather, a major university, and affordable housing and land. In a 2015 interview with KVOI's Wake Up Tucson, former IBM official John Strobach joined Chris DeSimone and then co-host Joe Higgins. 
I was uh, I was with IBM for 30 years, and um, we were um, we were in Las Vegas, and um, I was the manager of the Las Vegas office for seven years, and uh, we were looking for a new site to move uh, the San Jose operation, which is a huge, huge operation of IBM, and we selected Tucson, Arizona. Strobeck recalled the surreptitious process IBM used to buy up land in the 70s. First of all, we were coming around uh, with people with no ties, by the way, and no white shirts. You wore anything but a white shirt and tie, and you called yourself Ventura Land and Development Company, and you bought up land, and uh, mm-hmm. we bought up a bunch of it from uh, Mr. Uh, Hughes out yeah. there, you know, and so uh, uh, what we did is we... Rita Ranch, right? That Rita Ranch, that's right. Now, why we, is it named Rita Ranch? What's because uh, Hughes' girlfriend was Rita Hayworth, and uh, that's why he did that, yeah. Anyway, so um, we looked at it, and we said, look, Tucson, Arizona, inexpensive labor, cheap, cheap, cheap land, rents, are, we had the lowest rental prices on the places that we rented in Tucson, Arizona, that we had in the entire IBM company. Mm. Okay. And, you, you know, San Jose, obviously high rent, high expensive. Oh, near the, near the, five, six times right. what we paid here. Right. So we said, let's, let's look at Tucson, Arizona. Good business climate in that time. All right. They're wanting us. So we came. We came. Now... Then we're, we're moving along. We have plans to move San Jose to Tucson, Arizona. You think it's big out there when it, when it quit? It was going to be three times that size. As John mentioned, IBM was quite content here in the mid-80s. Then, in 1987, University of Arizona political science professor and Democrat Tom Volge was elected mayor of Tucson. They, they started think, talking about an ad valorem tax, which means that you tax anything that's on a production line and you tax it and you say, hey, if at this point in time you have to pay a tax on it, this point in time you have to pay a tax on it, and when it goes out you have to pay a tax on it. And IBM had a policy which said if you put in an ad valorem tax or even threaten an ad valorem tax, we will leave. And... Uh, nobody believed that they would would leave, and nobody believed that. And it didn't even take passing it. It didn't have to go into mm-hmm. effect if you talked about it, because IBM did not want that to happen, and they, they made it perfectly clear. You had the opportunity to bring hundreds of ancillary industries into this area, and they, they said, we're out of here. While some IBM jobs would remain in Tucson, in 1988, IBM announced around 2,800 would be relocated. In addition to IBM, Gates, Learjet, Motorola, and General Instruments also made the decision to shed jobs here. It was clear that under Volge, Tucson had become stigmatized as anti-business and anti-growth. Though Volge would attempt to paint a different portrait in this exchange with Arizona Public Media after a 1988 Board of Supervisors meeting. And in the absence of that coordinated strategy, people have gone their different ways. What I hope that you're seeing today is truly a spirit of cooperation uh, and an opportunity to develop a real umbrella for these kinds of economic development activities. As John Strobeck noted, thousands more IBM jobs might have likely made their way to Tucson, and thousands more at companies that would have relocated to support and benefit from IBM's massive expansion of the Tucson operation. Our own Bill Buckmaster was working in television in San Jose in 1985 
and recalled the real fear that Santa Clara County was about to lose scores of jobs to Tucson. It was a concern, and that was a great time to be in uh, radio and television in San Jose because, let's face it, uh, Silicon Valley was just coming of age. IBM was really one of the big players uh, in the San Jose area, and there was real concern among among officials in San Jose and Santa Clara County. The economic developers were worried, uh, boy, we don't want to lose thousands of jobs to this new upstart in <laughs> in the high-tech field, Tucson, Arizona, and there were there were concerns that why why would they want to leave the Bay Area? Well, the traffic was becoming more and more an issue right then, and they were thinking, well, also uh, we can do business cheaper in Tucson, right. Arizona. 